The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Today, I'm going to challenge you to make a difference. I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. So for this one hour, I'm asking you to spend this time really listening thinking about how this information presented here today applies to you. Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker, just you. You are the only person you can really change, and you are the only person that you are responsible for, and you are the person that can truly make a difference. Yeah, I know, you're busy. We are all busy. We lead very busy lives, and I specialize in busy. And sometimes that feels really good, doesn't it? We get that kind of rush from being busy. But sometimes busy just means distracted. And that leads us away from our goals. It causes us to lose focus. So I'm asking you, are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? What are the choices that you make in your world? How do you touch the lives of the people that you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? This is a rainy day in my part of the world, and so it's really important that I create my own sunshine. So I'm going to ask you, when you create sunshine, you go to gratitude. What are you grateful for today? You know, in this In this day, this is fall for us. This is a wonderful rainy day. And I truly love that that gray, misty rain. It is beautiful, and it makes everything so soft, so beautiful to look at. It creates a very soft light and a hushed sound in the early morning hours. And I am, I admit it, today, one of the things I'm grateful for is chocolate. Yeah, I know. It's a simple thing. And I'm also really grateful that today I've had the experience of having a wonderful health specialist who's part of my healthcare team, assisting me to be as healthy and vibrant as I can be. And that's what what I want to talk about today, is people being healthy. We have a wonderful guest this morning. 
Our guest is Dr. Caroline Peterson. She's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. She an ex- is an executive board member of two of our area's hospitals, the Grandview Hospital Foundation Board, as well as the Medical Center at Elizabeth Place Hospital. She's executing the position of treasurer and chief compliance officer there. She manages a six-person OB-GYN group, and she's the medical director both for the Women's Services Line at the Providence Surgery Center and chairs the Hospital Imaging Committee. She's a clinical professor training medical students, interns, and residents. Her commitment to the advancement of women-driven services is evident in her worth ethic. She was instrumental in establishing maternal fetal medicine and urogynecology programs in the Kettering Hospital Network. She's actively involved in the development of a women's center that includes a breast center for excellence, breast care navigators, radiation skin specialists, patient advocates, guided imagery, massage therapy, plastic surgery, general surgery, oncology, and a boutique that is designed to meet the needs of cancer patients undergoing reconstruction, chemotherapy, and radiation. She is committed to the integration of allopathic and holistic medicine for total well-being. Good morning, Caroline. How are you today? Super. How are you, Mary Beth? I'm great. Well, I, I probably should call you not by your first name, but Dr. Peterson. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, you know, you started this project that you're in right now way back with a vision for women's health. Can we go back there and start from that place with the vision that you had for creating a center just that was geared for women? Sure. Um, I've actually been in private practice for 19 years, and um, really in my first nine, ten years of practice, what I started realizing is we were seeing patients once a year for their annual exams that we would order age-appropriate testing with mammograms, uh, maybe blood work at the lab, uh, pelvic ultrasound, colonoscopy, DEXA scan, and when I would see my patients back the following year, I would realize maybe one of those two or three tests were actually completed. And, and the reason being is, you know, back to this, the segment that you started with, um, everybody does get out there and they get busy and they kind of forget to think about themselves. And um, and as I spent the first really eight, nine, ten years of my practice, what I started realizing is that women just weren't taking time out for their own health care. Um, for preventative measures and um, and for early detection of things that really were preventable. And um, my whole goal was to start, start to start to change that model here in Dayton. And so I started putting a vision together of creating a women's center where it was really kind of almost one-stop shopping, um, a place where a woman could see her gynecologist, uh, see her family physician, um, obtain her mammogram, her bone density scan, uh, even ultrasound if necessary, uh, have her lab work uh, accomplished, and and then even have our uh, breast surgeons and and, uh, colorectal surgeons uh, on the campus. And so uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I enlisted my, my partners in the practice and some of my colleagues here in Dayton uh, to embark on the project that, that we have down at Cornerstone Medical Center. Um, as that project has has moved forward, it's been a, a dynamic process because 
some of the things that I envisioned 10 years ago have actually come to fruition and others um, have actually changed along the way because technology has changed and, and needs have changed. Um, but it's all been good. And so where we kind of stand right now is, is we have a center that is uh, now houses um, maternal fetal medicine physicians. Uh, we now have urogynecologists, which is the field of pelvic floor defects and, and urinary incontinence. Um, and both of our physicians here are trained at uh, Cleveland Clinic and University of Cincinnati. Uh, we have our breast cancer surgeons uh, uh, here on board and even our bariatric surgeons. Uh, we've got imaging here, and we've also tried to incorporate not just the um, conventional medical realms, but to start to bring in um, some of what I call our, our support team. Um, and we're, we're seeing more and more of that come in because the, kind of the final leg of, of my dream and project is to uh, finish out a center of excellence for breast cancer. In doing so, what we're, what we're accomplishing is bringing in a plastic surgeon, uh, our breast surgeons, uh, having the imaging available, uh, and even establishing clinical care pathways for patients so that once they're diagnosed with, with any issue, we can send them through that pathway as expeditiously as possible so that they can get their uh, testing and answers done quicker. And you know, one of the things I heard from you very recently was that you've really changed the time frame. You know, the the old way, if if a woman had a positive finding on a mammogram, the old way was weeks until she had an answer. Actually, five to six weeks um, at times. So if we had a uh, abnormal mammogram, it would take us... Uh, prior to electronic medical records, probably a week to two weeks to get a report read back to us, um, another few days to contact that patient and notify her, uh, then to reschedule additional spot compressions and, and maybe breast ultrasound. Uh, and then from there, if, if that was still abnormal, then she'd have to come back in either for a stereotactic biopsy or a uh, uh, ultrasound-guided biopsy, and, and that could be another week or two and scheduling with the surgeon. So, yeah, for, for six weeks I saw my patients kind of sit on pins and needles while I sweated it out with them to, to actually get answers. And um, what we've really tried to do is, is change that model up so that even in the last eight years that we've been on this campus, um, if we have an abnormal mammogram, we're actually getting a patient from that initial mammogram to breast biopsy or uh, sampling within a seven and no longer than a 10-day time period, um, which really gives that patient peace of mind. The, the other thing that we've done is we've uh, instigated a, a project where we've got an imaging care coordinator. So if we have a patient with an abnormal mammogram and she has to come back in a few days later for follow-up testing, our breast care, uh, or I'm sorry, our imaging coordinator sits down with that patient, uh, we get a same-day read on her mammogram or spot compressions, and then at that very same appointment, we, we have that patient referred out to either a radiologist for stereotactic biopsy or an appointment with our breast surgeons. So well, we're, we're trying to fast-track the, 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 the actual answer for that patient. And that makes such a difference for, 
I mean, just for the fear factor alone, just, um, you know, I mean, anybody getting an abnormal finding is, is going to think the worst possible thing that could happen and spend lots of sleepless nights. So if they can get an immediate, yes, we need to further evaluate this or no, we're done, that makes such a difference for her psyche. Absolutely. And, you know, what we actually find statistically is uh, of the 100% of women who get called back in for additional testing, um, really only 8% of those may end up with anything positive. And, and so it's important to get the answers for those patients as quickly as possible, but yet put the mind at rest for those patients who have essentially no pathology happening to get back to their day-to-day, day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Give me those statistics again. Uh, about 8%. Only 8%. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really amazing. So as, we've, as you've developed this and you've gone forward not only with, you know, speeding things up, you've also done some pretty incredible networking um, for the women who need more. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it, I have to tell you, it's probably been one of the biggest challenges of my career um, to actually get, get the attention of my colleagues to start thinking about how we can change things, uh, to get the attention of the hospital administrators um, for the support and influx, influx of funding that we need there, um, and, and then to not only get people to understand what we're trying to do, but actually have them put forth the effort and then begin to put the team together. The, the other thing that's been kind of exciting to see is uh, our physicians actually working hand-in-hand hand with, with what I call our ancillary care providers. And uh, not only have we set up a program with the imaging coordinators, but we have completely changed what we do with our breast care navigators this year in so much as if we do have a positive diagnosis of a cancer, we have that patient in with that navigator uh, at the very front end and not meeting with the patient in recovery room when she's recovering from her surgery, whether it be mastectomy or lumpectomy, and the decisions have already been made. So the beauty of this program is when patients get that diagnosis, they get it quickly, they get it expeditiously, they get it accurately, uh, and then, then they are sitting down with our team of breast care navigators and that navigator can actually work with our breast surgeons to help determine the best course of action. So if we have a patient that, from a pathologic standpoint, would do much better having mastectomy with maybe a breast reconstruction, then that navigator is walking that patient um, through the process of meeting with the oncologist and, and the plastic surgeon so that she can have concomitant plastic surgery along with the mastectomy. Interestingly enough, up until really about Three years ago in Dayton, we were not seeing a lot of plastic surgery being done at the time of mastectomy, and that, that is one thing that we have changed here in, in the last three years. The other, the other good part about this program is as those navigators are walking patients through the system, it's not always about having the patient see the oncologist or the radiation oncologist or the plastic surgeon or even the breast surgeon, but even more importantly, we try to add people to that patient's team, depending on what her needs are. Um, Some of our patients need to sit down with a financial counselor. 
um, just to see how they can they can manage going through this process financially. We have some patients that um, may or may not have a strong family history of breast cancer, um, so it's very important for us to put that patient in front of a geneticist to know which of these patients actually need genetic testing so that not only will it help them make decisions on whether or not they go to lumpectomy with follow-up radiation therapy versus uh, mastectomy, it also helps them um, pass this information on to their siblings, offspring, and sometimes even their parents to see if, if there's any increased risk for family members ever developing a cancer. The other exciting part about this program is, again, everybody has special needs. So we, we have some people who um, do decide to go to radiation therapy, um, and if that's, that's that patient's decision, then we really are trying to get her in with a radiation skin care pe- specialist ahead of time um, and even post-radiation to help with the skin changes that occur. Right. Uh, we've got some patients who, who hear the word cancer and, like you stated, Mary Beth, just become very fearful and frozen. Right. And Caroline, let me just, um, we're going to stop here and take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about there's, there's two things you're saying that I just really want to um, get into more. Okay. So you're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. 
or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Dr. Caroline Peterson, and she is an obstetrician and gynecologist who's put together a very unique program for helping women with breast cancer, both even before diagnosis and through that whole journey. So, Caroline, right before the break, we were talking about kind of the the spectrum of services, and you, you were saying specifically about a radiation skin care specialist. Let's go a little bit into that. Okay. And what does that really mean? Uh, well, if, if a patient has a type of cancer that is going to be best served uh, by a lumpectomy with follow-up radiation, depending on staging and um, uh, pathology, if that patient chooses that route or that's her best route of care, um, there can be a lot of changes um, to the skin tissue around the area that is radiated. Um, most radiation oncologists really try to focus on the area where they're trying to irradiate. However, there's always going to be some normal collateral damage to, to, to cells that are around the cancer area. And so we know the skin is affected uh, primarily because that's closest to, to where the radiation actually uh, originates from. So there can be radiation burns that occur to the skin. If that skin is properly treated uh, by a, a certified radiation skin care specialist, then that skin will actually be able to uh, handle the radiation much better, and, and there's less scarring uh, and less pain for the patients. That's amazing. I mean, I mean I've seen radiation burns. That's, that's amazing to be able to prep the skin and also to maintain its integrity. Absolutely. So in the other services that you were um, talking about including here and kind of pulling together this specialty team for each woman, who else is involved? Well, um, right before we uh, ended the first segment, I started in um, to saying that, you know, many patients get the C word, the cancer diagnosis, and, and it's like a deer in headlights, they freeze, and they don't know which way to turn, and they don't know which way to, what to do, and some patients, unfortunately, end up doing nothing, and, um, and it's a very scary process to go through, and uh, so we've actually brought guided imagery into the program um, to help walk our patients through um, some of the mental and emotional uh, aspects of dealing with the cancer. Um, I believe that I see miracles every day in my practice, and I, I truly believe that when a detrimental diagnosis has been served out, it can be reversed. And, and many times it's reversed um, just on our mental and emotional outlook. And being able to have somebody psychologically and emotionally walk through this whole process in a more positive fashion um, is, is, I think, so important. I think the other thing that sometimes surfaces with this diagnosis is other things that may have triggered it. And, and part of the healing process is to help patients emotionally and mentally deal with those trigger points as well. You're talking there about previous traumas or life experiences that perhaps result in kind of the manifestation of an illness or manifestation of a cancer. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you talked about the the genetic test, and I uh, I know that you've kind of developed something that's that's new, it's unique, and that you're using it in a way that's very different from anything I've heard before. So can you talk to us about that, the genetic testing and also how you are using it within your general practice? Absolutely. Uh, There are, as we look at breast cancers, we know that 20% of of breast cancers occur because there is a strong family history or gene um, referred to as the BRAC1 and the BRAC2 gene. We've known about the BRAC1 and BRAC2 genes for probably 12 to 14 years now. Unfortunately, that genetic testing has essentially really been underutilized. Um, when, it, when it first was developed or, or found, you know, most people were like, gosh, are we really going to tell a patient that, that she's carrying the gene for breast cancer and, and she's going to get it and so we're going to take away her hope and we're telling her that she's going to get this cancer at some point and, and nobody really knew what to do with it. Um, as time has gone on, technology has brought us to the point where more and more women are getting that gene testing done, and then they're opting to make decisions on, on what they want to do with their breast and, and ovarian care moving forward. Um, I believe it was President Bush that actually passed, um, in, in his administration, passed a law that women who were actually um, had a family history of, of um, or I'm sorry, had a diagnosis of breast cancer, um, had to be covered by her commercial insurance uh, or even government insurance to have any follow-up surgery, care, or uh, reconstruction done at the same time. And if there was any failure or problems with reconstruction, that those carriers would, would by law, have to come back and, and actually pay for that. Um, because the big question was if a woman tested positive for that gene and she, she opted for the bilateral mastectomy and, and uh, reconstructive surgery, prior to that, nobody was really paying for it. Um, because so it that, was considered cosmetic? Exactly. So that, so that kind of brought us into a new era um, about 10 years ago. But even at that, um, physicians weren't really sure where to use the gene testing, and, it, and it's really been very much underutilized. And, and it's just been within the last three years, um, at least in this area of the country, that we're starting to, to see family physicians, OBGYN physicians, um, and oncologists really starting to use that genetic testing much more for the patient who's actually been diagnosed. Because A, it will actually help that patient walk through her decision uh, pathway as she's trying to make her own decisions, and uh, it will tell us what, her off, what, what, what could potentially happen to her offspring. Um, so if a patient, and, and I kind of, this, this test will probably eventually be called the Angelia Jolie test because um, her mother and grandmother both died of ovarian cancer, and um, uh, she finally had the testing done and, and tested positive, and, and that's why she underwent the uh, bilateral mastectomy and reconstructive breast surgery this year, um, and I think it, whether it's already been done or it's supposed to happen at some short term, some, sometime in the near future, she will... Um, even more importantly, be having her ovaries out. But the most important thing about the, the BRAC1 and BRAC2 genes are that if we have a young woman that tests positive for those, those, those two genes, we know she has a very high risk of, of developing ovarian and breast cancer, and now we have the technology and the model, modalities to deal with that. 
in addressing the 80% of women who really have no family history, um, scientists have now found different, seven different DNA types or alleles where we can actually, uh, when looked at together, will tell us whether or not a woman may be at a higher risk for developing breast cancer. Um, and this, this newer test is called Brevagen that, that has been developed by uh, Phenogen Sciences out of Australia. And basically what these scientists have found um, is if we utilize a Gale model questionnaire and, and determine which of our patients may be at a higher risk for developing breast cancer, based on how that patient answers that questionnaire, it will really indicate to us on their annual exam or screening uh, exam whether or not those, those women should have the DNA testing done. Uh, and it's a simple 20-second swab on the inside of the, the mouth um, to check the DNA. Uh, we do it right in our office, and then uh, that is actually sent out for, for genetic testing. Um, and so based on their Gale model questionnaire and what the DNA snippets look like, um, we then can determine if a patient is um, going to remain at a lower risk for, for developing breast cancer versus a higher risk. About 77% of the time, that test will come back low risk. And in that case, we explained to our patients that we want to continue annual breast exams, and then we have them in for an uh, annual mammogram, preferably on a digital unit. If we have a patient that t- tests high risk, uh, in, in that case, we actually um, not only do a breast exam once a year in the office, but we help that patient out with a breast exam twice a year. Uh, we, we bring them back into the office and, and thoroughly go over how to do that exam. We keep up with yearly mammograms on a digital, but then at a six-month interval on an annual basis or at least every other year, the recommendation is that we get a breast MRI. Um, reason being is breast MRI can be much more specific for di- diagnosing breast cancers. The only downside to the breast MRI is sometimes we, we see a few more false positive uh, uh, issues with it, but it has definitely been instrumental in helping us uh, pick up breast cancers a little bit earlier. And that's the whole goal, isn't it? I mean, the sooner you find it, the less progressive. Absolutely. There's, there's actually twofold purpose for doing this test. Um, number one, I explain to patients, if they do end up high risk, it doesn't mean that they're going to get breast cancer, uh, what it means is we want more stringent screening on them, um, more careful screening on them. Um, and in addition to that, we sit down with them and we talk about preventative measures. Because a person's at high risk for developing breast cancer, that could be lifestyle issues, that could be um, a, a plethora of things. And so we bring them back in and, and, and do a thorough counseling with them uh, in regards to how we're going to manage their hormone replacement therapy, uh, whether or not we want to start uh, raloxifen uh, on, on that patient, which will actually help block the estrogen receptors to the breast tissue. We talk to them about diet and nutrition. We talk to them about antioxidant therapy. Uh, we talk to them about w- weight reduction techniques. Uh, we, we try to get them exercising. We know that women who are overweight and have a BMI uh, really up greater than 25 um, can have a higher risk for breast cancer. We know that women who have uncontrolled diabetes have a higher risk for, for breast cancer. 
Uh, we know that, that people who ingest too much alcohol or who are smokers can also have uh, a higher risk for breast cancer. So we try to help those patients by getting them into a smoking cessation program. Um, we, uh, we actually have a hypnotist as part of our um, program to actually help patients quit smoking. Um, and we've uh, integrated a dietitian uh, and a registered uh, nurse dietitian um, nurse practitioner dietitian and a registered dietitian uh, to help our patients with the uh, nutrition aspect of it. So you really, um, and I guess that's, that makes so much sense, you who thought long ago about let's make this easy for women to get health care have gone now to in the developing of this program is thinking about every aspect of the risk for that woman and addressing it. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think the good news about a, where, where I believe conventional medicine is moving um, amid all the, the turmoil of life insurance or health insurance and, and, and all the government programs, I do believe that, that most of my colleagues are really starting to focus less on chasing after disease um, and trying to turn the wheel and, and, and focus more on preventative measures. Well, you know, it would be nice to see that. I mean, because um, that certainly has not been the ca- case with conventional medicine. That has not been the focus. Um, it's been a kind of an offhanded, oh, by the way, you shouldn't smoke, and <laughs> I'll see you next year, you know. Right. Um, so, it, you know, it's really nice to hear of a, a program that's, pulling together all of the pieces because, you know, once, I'm sure, once a woman hears the results of genetic testing and is told she's at, she's in a higher risk group, I'm sure her motivation goes up significantly in terms of making those lifestyle changes, but she may not know where to go if the resources aren't readily available. Absolutely. So you have done just an awesome job of, you know, pulling together and thinking through, like, every little piece of what, what a woman would need. What about the, the whole counseling and, and decision aspect, though? I mean, you know, if, if the risk factors come back, who's talking to them? Well, we, you know, we hope those patients are in seeing us on their annual, for their annual exams. Mm-hmm. So as, as, as we move forward... Um, the goal in our practice, and, and I'm actually part of a uh, six-person OBGYN group, but I, we also participate with a larger multi-specialty group with family physicians and, and surgeons. And the the whole goal within our 50-physician um, group, and, and in, in addition to that, we have 25, nurse, I believe, 25 nurse practitioners. So the goal of those 75 healthcare providers. Is, is not only to treat the disease, but to but to start utilizing measures to get on the preventative side, whether it be um, alcohol reduction, smoking cessation, weight loss, diabetes, um, and controlling high blood pressure. And and the more that we can start to get on the front end of that, then then we can actually help patients down the long haul. The the other important aspect of what we're um, really beginning to achieve here in Dayton is to 
uh, help integrate patients into that decision-making process because I can sit here and tell a patient to not smoke, but if she's not bought into that or doesn't understand why it's so important, um, then we, and we haven't really given her um, access to how to help with that, then, then we really haven't done that patient a service. Right. Caroline, we're going to take a short break. Okay. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to MaryBethLodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Dr. Caroline Peterson. She's an obstetrician and gynecologist working in the Dayton area and developed um, just a wonderful integrative program for women with breast cancer. And, Caroline, we were, we were talking about kind of the, the counseling of a woman um, in advance, giving her the resources. I guess in this um, final segment, um, I, I want to kind of hear from you, kind of the, what are the directives that you would say to women overall of how to maintain, how to prevent um, c- catastrophic kinds of illnesses? What's the, what would be the guidance that you would give to people to be the healthiest that they can be? Well, you know, one thing, several things that I actually counsel my, my patients on, uh, 
and it doesn't really matter if I'm trying to counsel them on um, prevention of any kind of cancer versus um, healing up of any kind of disease process. But when I, I talk to patients about their immune system, uh, one of the first things we, we try to tackle is, is their uh, diet and nutrition. Um, if they're overweight, we, we, like I mentioned earlier, we, we try to get them in with our um, uh, nutritionist so that we can start down the road of, of healthy eating. Um, we give them techniques in our office on how to eat uh, lots of fruits and vegetables, um, I always tell patients throw in a little bit of protein with everything they eat to keep their blood sugar stable. Um, I recommend eating four or five or even up to six meals a day, just incremental meals, so that patients actually keep their metabolism going um, so that they have the energy th- throughout the day. A lot of my young female patients are worried that they're going to be eating too much in, in that program, but I explain to them it, it actually enhances their metabolism. Uh, I do explain to patients that if they eat within the first hour of waking up, they will automatically begin burning 300 more calories a day than they would if they uh, prolong that first meal. So, you know, that, that's one I deal with all the time when I'm doing uh, Weight Watch programs is that people think um, that if they don't eat, that, um, that they're reducing their calories. And exactly. it's actually a setup. <laughs> If you don't eat breakfast, you're going to eat much more later in the day. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I tell patients, not only, um, not only will you eventually get hungry and start, start eating, then it will trigger um, glucagon and, and different insulin surges that will cause you to crave more in the way of carbohydrates. Um, the breads, I tell them to stay away from the breads, pastas, potatoes, and rice, um, and, and sweet things, because if they've gone without eating and their blood sugar dips too low, then, then they're automatically going to crave those items. If they're eating before they're actually hungry, um, then they're picking better food choices. So, so we do spend quite a bit of time talking about diet and nutrition. Um, I think exercise is another important aspect um, to that. Um, you know, we try to keep bodies in, in motion, and, and I tell patients it doesn't really matter what type of exercise you do. Um, it doesn't have to be extreme, but anything that, that will keep them moving. Um, I am a, I'm a big fan of uh, not only exercise, but, but um, uh, different types of, of activities that people can actually enjoy um, where they're not sedentary. And because I, I also feel that if you go out and just run 10 miles a day, you eventually get bored with that and you have overuse injuries. So I explained to patients it's, a, it's good to actually keep their activities a little bit more dynamic. And by that, you're just talking about simple things that you can incorporate in. I, you know, one of the things I talk about is eight minutes. In eight minutes, you can do a lot of things. And, you know, you can put on music and dance in your kitchen for eight minutes. And it's still considered exercise. It's still active. So it doesn't have to be exercise per se. Absolutely. Exactly. It's just activity. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Go ahead. What else? Yeah. Another, another big thing that we, we delve into is stress reduction. Uh, it, you know, we all run at Mach 10. We've, we've all got 20 things we're trying to accomplish. And, um, and then at the end of the day, when we only get to 17 of them, which is pretty remarkable, we're stressed because we didn't finish up the last three. And, you know, as you started the program, you talked about people being in their busy lives and not taking 
taking time out for their, themselves. And one of the things that I really try to tell uh, my patients is that, especially my young patients who have careers and, and young children, that they have to carve off time for themselves for, for stress reduction techniques, whether that be yoga, meditation, um, just time away from, from, so that they can kind of realign themselves. Because I believe that when it comes to good health, you have to have the mental and emotional aspect of it too. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I try to teach any of the young mothers that I work with is that there has to be me time. And during that me time, you have to train your family that the only two reasons to disturb mom during that time, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, is the only thing, the only reasons to disturb her are smoke or blood. So if something's burning, you got, come get mom, or if somebody's bleeding, you come get mom. Otherwise, fend for yourselves. You're all right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in addition to those kinds of lifestyle things, and, and the stress, I think, is, is very important, is teaching women how to manage emotions, how to manage their response to situations. Do you also include sleep in that? Sleep is absolutely a, a, an important thing. Um, I don't want to sound like an infomercial, but I actually have a, a an up band on my arm that that measures how many steps I take during the day. Um, but more importantly, it actually um, measures how much sleep I get at nighttime, and in in some terms, it actually kind of act, looks at quality of sleep. So it tells me when I had lighter sleep and when I had deeper sleep. I think sleep is is so important to a person's health and. Um, and, you know, we look at young teenagers that are growing, and I'll hear parents say, yeah, my kid's really lazy. They're sleeping in until till, uh, noon on Saturday. And, and, and I explain to those parents, well, that's probably because they only got six or seven hours during the week because they're up on their phones texting and staying up all night. And, you know, we look at, at young kids between 16 and 22, and they really need somewhere between nine and nine and a half hours of sleep because they're growing so much. The rest of us in our adulthood typically need about eight hours of sleep at nighttime. I believe there's only 3% of the population that can function very well on less sleep than that. Um, but but 97% of us need eight hours of sleep at nighttime or any time. And, and, and sleep is important. Um, we There's no doubt in our mind that when we look at uh, studies of, of who has uh, poorer health um, or challenges with their health, those are people who actually... Um, are in a situation where they work either nighttime or, or on swing shifts or even daytime shifts and just don't get enough sleep. It, it, you know, really at our center, we've actually even incorporated a sleep center um, to help with that because uh, it is amazing to me how many people actually have sleep apnea. And, and as more and more studies are coming out with sleep apnea, uh, we're actually seeing it increases the risk for uh, obesity, uh, diabetes, and for cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to bet that, uh, you know, the 97% of us who need eight hours of sleep convince ourselves that we are short sleepers, that we don't need that much. Oh, absolutely, because we've got to get back to that busy schedule. <laughs> right, right, and there's so much to do or so many computer games to play before bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would, um, that you counsel people for prevention? Any other... Um, any other emphasis that you want to make? Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's, uh, you know, one of my favorite little sayings to patients is, 
if you live in the past, it, it just causes depression and regret. If you live in the future, it sometimes causes anxiety. Um, and, I, and I just try to coach them to stay in the present. Because I believe the more that we stay in our, in our presence, we have more peace in our life. And when we start thinking back in our own personal history or family history or friend history, it just causes, I think, a lot of regret and depression in, in many cases. And, and, and nobody can predict the future. And, you know, we're always planning ahead of time. And I think that a lot of times that creates the anxiety we see in so many people. And, and just staying in the moment that you're in um, creates much more peace. And you talked about having a rainy day in Dayton, Ohio. It's been rainy day today, but I've seen 45 women in the, ho- in, in the office today. And, and I really hope that in just my time with them, I created a little bit more sunshine in their life um, and, and kept them in the presence um, that we had together today. And I just think being in the, in the presence is one of the most important things I can coach my patients on. And I guess that's, um, you know, I, I so agree with you that creating that, that sunshine space, um, I find that if I, can, if I can work with a client of mine and simply move their perspective from regret or pessimism to gratitude, that as they begin to practice that, everything falls from that. You know, they become calmer. They become more positive. They are better able to cope. They have better resilience. And it's, it's amazing that just one little practice of look around each day, what are you grateful for? And that really is what you're saying about being in your present moment. If you're looking at your current moment and saying, what am I grateful for here and now? Even if it's something little and silly, like mine was today when I said chocolate. I mean, you know, there are days when chocolate is just really important to me. (laughs) But, you know, just that, because we generate um, from that practice of of gratitude, we generate a, a feeling of peacefulness within us. And that lowers our stress level. Absolutely. So, you know, we have listeners all over the world. If someone has heard you today and they want to pursue perhaps the, the genetic testing to see if they're at high risk, you know, or if they want to complete that questionnaire to see if they should be genetically tested, where would they go? You know, if, if I'm not in Dayton, Ohio, where do I look? Well, um, at, at least right now, uh, the, the way to acquire that testing, whether it be the BRAC1 or, or 2 or the Brevagen, um, would really be able to uh, access a uh, primary care physician with a, uh, either a family physician or an internal medicine physician uh, or an obstetrician and gynecologist. Uh, if, I, if there's any listeners out there that actually currently have any kind of cancer and they're they're seeing an oncologist. I think it's uh, important for those patients uh, to present that to their oncologist so that whether or not they've been treated, to get more information for their family members. Yes, because we want to carry that beyond just that individual. Absolutely. If their journey, you know, if they've already been diagnosed, if their journey with cancer 
could help somebody else, we want to give them that opportunity. Yeah, we've, you know, we've got the technology. I think that uh, I, I make a prediction as medicine moves forward in the next really five to ten years, we're going to see more and more genetic testing being done, not just for breast, ovarian, colon cancer, uh, but we're, we're going to see it for all, all sorts of things. There's currently genetic testing that will uh, help us determine if a patient who has high cholesterol will respond to medicine A, B, or C. So we can actually run a genetic test on a patient to see which medicine um, may be the best for that patient based on their genetic makeup. That's incredible. Yeah, lots of, lots of uh, amazing science coming our ways. And as fast as we can keep up with it, we're trying to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have probably two minutes left here. Any final thoughts or final suggestions for our listeners today? You know, anything that you would, you would say to them that you just really want everyone to follow through on? Well, I think I would, I would start off by saying that, um, um, and I'll take this a little bit more from um, a, a woman's perspective, is, is I deliver babies, I bring life into the world, and, and I have the opportunity to take care of families as they age. Um, I take care of a lot of menopausal women, and, and I take care of a lot of grandmas out there. Um, I just saw one of my favorite 94-year-olds today who just found herself a new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> So as, as I watch the this, this spectrum of, of, of life and the continuum, um, I truly see many a times that, that we as women put so much pressure on ourselves to uh, accomplish amazing things in our careers and to carry on relationships and to take care of children if we have them. Um, many women are, are kind of in that trap of taking care of their own children and taking care of ailing parents, um, somewhere at the end of the day, we're supposed to, society says we're supposed to look great and be all sexy as well. And, and we put a lot of challenges on ourselves as women. And I think the most important thing is that women find support systems. Um, women take time out for themselves. Uh, women take care of their health because I guarantee you, Nobody will actually provide that, that time for you. You have to create that space for yourself. Um, if you don't create that space, it's always filled in by somebody else. Charlie, thank you so much. That, I think those words are just so powerful. We do have to wrap up now. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and for all of the, the words of wisdom that you've brought to us. So thank you very much. And for our listeners today, all right, you heard it. Go out there. Make this a great day. Use this information wisely for yourself. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 